0: The main thing we do is actually producing omega-3s from algae because that is where we simply can make most of a difference. Omega-3 made from farmed algae. Algae we grow ourselves. The completely plant-based alternative to fish oil with the, the uh, exact same health benefits. It's the same omega-3s as in fish oil, but without the environmental toxins that you can find in fatty fish and in fish oil, such as PCB and dioxins and heavy metals. And uh, also, not least, I would say that fish oil is one of the big economic drivers for overfishing in the oceans. And uh, by using algae, we do not contribute to that. And we also do not contribute to the harmful emissions that we would have from the global fisheries in terms of the, the uh, uh, heavy um, fuels that drive the vessels uh, that emit carbon dioxide, but also sulfur and other things like that.
1: Sea farm is a multidisciplinary project we are working with many different aspects of of uh, algae we are cultivating them uh, we are working with methods for storage and preservation we are working for biorefinery where we are looking into food and feed additives and also for biomaterials the work at KTH mainly focus on the biomaterial we are looking into the polymers of the algae and the production of uh, plastics and adhesive from algae, for example, and new applications for for algae biomass. <frog>
2: Cultivating algae for various purposes is being done to quite a large extent today, within research as well as in business. Seafarm is a research project where algae are being cultivated on the Swedish west coast for use for a variety of purposes, food and bio-based materials for instance. Seafarm is a joint project between KTH Chalmers Gothenburg University Lund University, the Linnaeus University and the Research Council Pharma's. Simris Al is a Swedish company that cultivates algae in order to produce omega-3 supplements as an alternative to omega-3 supplements from fish, free from the heavy metals that you get from fish oil. In this episode of KTH Tech Talks we meet Fredrik Dahl, researcher at KTH, who is the project leader of the research project Seafarm and Friederika Gullfot, founder of Simris Ali, talking about cultivating algae and what algae could be used for Fredrika, your company is Simris Ali. you're producing omega-3 supplements from algae instead of from fish. You also have a line of algae-based products under the name Simris Select. Could you please tell us about these products how they are produced, and the advantages of using algae as raw material, and mm. if there are any disadvantages
0: as well. <laughs> Thank you, Håkan. Well, the main thing we do is actually producing omega-3s from algae, because that is where we simply can make most of a difference. So, Simrits Algae Omega-3 is omega-3 made from farmed algae, algae we grow ourselves. And uh, the omega 3s from these algae are exactly the same important essential fatty acids that you would find in fatty fish or in fish oil. So uh, normally we would think that you have to eat a lot of fat fish or or take fish oil capsules in order to get omega-3. But in fact the omega-3 in the fish comes from the algae that the the fish accumulates in their their tissues through the marine food chain. So we think it's a lot smarter to grow uh, these algae directly instead and to produce the omega-3s from them. Because what we get then is a completely plant-based alternative to fish oil with the, the uh, exact same health benefits, it's the same omega-3s as in fish oil, but without the environmental toxins that you can find in fatty fish and in fish oil, such as PCB and dioxins and heavy metals. And uh, also, not least, I would say that fish oil is one of the big economic drivers for overfishing in the oceans And by using algae, we do not contribute to that. And we also do not contribute to the harmful emissions that we would have from the global fisheries in terms of the the, uh, uh, heavy, fuels that drive the vessels uh, that emit carbon dioxide, but also sulfur and other things like that. So growing algae, it is a way to produce these um, important um, substances without any harmful environmental impact and instead doing something good for the environment because our algae actually consume carbon dioxide while they grow by photosynthesis. So uh, that's why we think what we are doing is uh, simply a much better and cooler way to do it.
2: And are there any disadvantages as you see?
0: Disadvantages? Well, uh, I would say that one disadvantage might be that from the consumer perspective our omega-3s are actually more expensive than uh, fish oil-based omega-3s. And uh, that has to do with that fish oil and fisheries. It's one of these typical activities that uh, do not have to pay for what we call externalities, meaning, for example, they they do not have to pay for the harm that they inflict on the environment and, and things like that. So uh, we carry all our costs, meaning that uh, our products actually are more expensive. But I would also say that... Uh, Unfortunately, we're doing a lot of things today. We're exploiting our planet on the verge of destruction, and that simply cannot continue. So I do think that we have to be prepared for actually paying a bit more to get our products uh, produced in a way that is simply more sustainable and that will permit us to continue living on this beautiful blue planet.
2: Do you think that uh, the fishing industry should pay for the harm they do.
0: I think in general that all industries should carry all their costs including externalities. I think that often green technologies today are disadvantaged uh, compared to conventional industry just because conventional industry is, uh, is sort of exploiting the fact that the externalities don't have to be paid for. So I would say that, uh, for example, by pricing ecosystem services and so on, and uh, implementing the polluter principle fully, uh, that would uh, essentially permit green technologies to uh, to compete on a much more uh, even level playing field than that they're doing today. So, uh, yes, I absolutely think they should be paying for externalities.
2: And uh, Frederick, you are an environmental researcher at KTH, and you're studying algae. Uh, and you're the leader of a research project called c which is a joint project between KTH, Chalmers in Gothenburg, Gothenburg University, Lund University, the Linnea University and the research council Formas. And in this project, you are growing algae and studying algae from various perspectives and for various purposes. And could you please tell us a bit about the SeaFarm project and what algae could be used for?
1: Yeah, I could do that, and I think it's really fun here. That Frederica, she's doing microalgae, and Frederick here, we are working with macroalgae. The macroalgae we also call them kelp, and I, I will tell you a little bit about the sea farm. The sea farm is a multidisciplinary project. We are working with many different aspects of of uh, algae we are cultivating them we are working with methods for storage and preservation we are working for biorefinery where we are looking into food and feed additives and also for biomaterials we are also extracting energy out from the algae we are working with ethanol we are working with different types of biogas for example and also biofertilizers and we are also looking into how sustainable or or not the algae farming is so we are working with a lot of sustainability analysis the work at KTH mainly focus on the biomaterial we are looking into the polymers of the algae and the production of uh, plastics and adhesive from algae for example and new applications for for algae biomass and we are also focusing at KTH on the sustainability aspect. So we do a lot of analysis on the process chain here. We are looking into the market possibilities, how many new jobs could this create in the future? Do we have any environmental disadvantages of algae farming? What are the technical bottlenecks, etc? And that's what we are focusing on at industrial ecology where I come from.
2: Any results as yet, when it comes to uh, whether it's sustainable or not, growing algae in the sea, and also uh, this thing about new jobs?
1: Yeah, cultivation is located on the Swedish west coast in a very nice sea area in the only maritime national park that we have in Sweden, in the Koster national park. So we we have very low levels of pollutants we ha- we don't get anything of that in in our algae biomass and the studies we have done so far cannot show on any disadvantages by the cultivation itself it will not be like a fish farm or a mussel cultivation where you will have dead bottoms under the farm we don't see that in an algae farm they are plants they are absorbing nutrients such as nitrogen and phosphorus they also stimulate to a bit more fish coming in where the farm is, because there is available food there, and it's like a little small marine reserve. And that means that it stimulates the biodiversity. So it's rather positive for the environment to cultivate algae in the sea. The disadvantages we can see is that it's there. and you could see it as a tourist coming to the Swedish west coast, you will see an algae farm there and that might be a a problem with the local inhabitants but also with uh, with tourists coming there so therefore we have a lot of work with sea farm together with the local regions in order to make them understand that this is very positive that we create jobs in the in the region
2: Hmm. and also maybe it could sort of be turned around that uh, actually having an algae farm at a tourist resort might be sort of a tourist attraction
1: yeah, it could and what we are working very much now is that you could eat algae and algae is becoming more and more popular in the restaurants. They want to use algae directly and they are very positive to locally produced algae that are from Sweden and uh, there we could see a very big interest in using algae picking them yourself and make food. Or eating them at at restaurants. So there, the, there you have a connection with the tourism.
2: And uh, as for food, algae were on the table at the Nobel dinner last year, right?
1: Yeah, we had them, and that was really fun because uh, we got our cultivated algae served on the Nobel lunches that they had around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during the Nobel week.
2: And uh, Fredrika these algae, where are
0: you growing them? Uh, We actually grow our algae in in greenhouses on land. Some people think that we grow them out in the sea, like in a sea farm, just as Fredrik does. But in fact, we grow microalgae, which are unicellular little algae that are grown in closed systems. So we have, uh, you can say, systems of glass modules that are arranged in in greenhouses uh, where there is a lot of sunlight because our algae are... Just like little plants, they need photosynthesis to grow, so they grow by, uh, by capturing carbon dioxide and converting it uh, to oxygen and biomass with the help of um, sunlight, essentially. So, uh, yeah, so we have a, a big uh, greenhouse facility in Hammenhög, uh, on Österén in Skåne, in southeastern Sweden, and uh, that's where we grow them.
2: Simris Island is a pretty new company.
0: I founded the company in 2011. Last year we expanded from our first commercial pilot into full industrial scale. So since October uh, last fall we're actually producing enough products so we can do a proper launch. However, since our omegas and our algae are so new, they fall under what is called the novel food regulation within the European Union, meaning that they have to go through a quite lengthy and complex bureaucratic process in order to obtain approval to be sold as food uh, within the European Union, including Sweden. And this is something which we've been working on now for a couple of years and uh, finally uh, this winter we received an indicative uh, time schedule from the FSAI, which is the Irish Food Safety Authority that is handling our application. So uh, eventually in the summer we will be able to start selling our products on the European market, including Sweden, which we of course are very, very happy for. And we also know that there is a lot of people out there waiting in the trenches to to buy our Omega-3s.
2: And uh, you are a technical doctor from KTH. This business idea with algae, does it come from the research you did at KTH?
0: Well, a funny thing was that I actually did not do my research on algae. I did my PhD on plant cell wall enzymes, so I was sort of within the plant cell world. However, I saw in the research literature that that, uh, more and more articles were being written about algae. And I found this quite fascinating because it was such a multidisciplinary field. And there were so many uh, really, really cool applications and uh, solutions of huge societal problems that these algae uh, would be able to solve. So I found that this field was so fascinating that I really, really wanted to be part of it. And I decided that I wanted to work with algae once. I was done with my PhD. So actually, I took leave of absence and 20% from my employment as PhD uh, candidate. And uh, I yeah I basically started connecting with the algae world. I went to conferences, I met researchers, I visited companies and uh, learned about uh, yeah the algae field and how to grow algae and so on. Uh, so right after my PhD, I started the company. And the reason for that was that at that time, there was not really any research or or any uh, business activities going on in this field in Sweden and the way that I was interested about I didn't know about Fredrik at that time. Uh, Things could have looked very differently otherwise. So I simply had to do this myself and start a company in order to get things rolling. And uh, I would say that as a whole, the whole algae field, both within Swedish academia but also industry, has lifted off considerably since then, when I started.
2: And uh, Frederick, in January, news was out that SeaFarm has been selected by the Nordic Council of Ministers as one of 25 Nordic bioeconomy cases for sustainable change. What does this mean for the project and for algae at large?
1: Now, I think it's it's good because it's you could see that this is a it's a very big interest around this uh, type of aquaculture with algae cultivation and especially for the Nordic countries, because we have a very blue area. If you look on a map on on the Nordic countries, including Greenland and the Faroe Island and Iceland, we have a lot of blue areas there. And to cultivate algae, I'm quite sure now that this will be a new big business Mm. evolving in in the Atlantic here.
2: Mm. And uh, Fredrika, you advocate bio-based solutions as key technologies for a sustainable future what's your comment on this? Would you comment on well, this?
0: Well, absolutely, I think that that there is a lot of uh, conventional industry that needs to be outfaced in order for us to to build a, um, a sustainable society, basically. And uh, I think it is super cool that today we're not just looking at, the, I don't know, very technical solutions such as artificial intelligence or or, or well, other difficult things, but also this uh, very green and very bio-based technologies that sort of take their roots in nature and how nature does things, but we're able to do uh, things that are uh, generally perceived uh, as as very high-tech, like, for example, new materials, as Fredrik would work with in sea farms, or, or uh, new ways to produce interesting uh, uh, biomolecules, for example, for different kinds of, of pharmaceuticals applications by growing microalgae, such as we do, so on. So I I do think that we have to look at new green technologies uh, really, really as key drivers towards sustainability. And I think that in many cases, there are solutions to conventional industry found within the greenfield. And I usually say, when I describe what we're doing, I usually say that we're algae farmers, but then also that we're kind of at the intersection between uh, modern precision farming and uh, biotechnology. And uh, I think it's important to realize that what we normally, uh, how you say, um, we associate to something which is very low-tech or very crude when we think of, for example, agriculture, where in fact today these activities, they are technologically very advanced. Uh, we're definitely talking cutting edge here. Uh, growing algae is by no means easy, but it is, uh, it is a super cool uh, new technological platform, I would say, where, where I foresee a lot of development. Hmm.
2: And uh, uh, foods and supplements from algae are on the market now, and your supplements are on the way to the market, uh, Fredrika. Uh, but... Uh, when do you think we will see biomaterials and biofuels from algae on the market, Fredrik?
1: Biomaterials we will see on, on the market, especially bioplastics. It's a big interest of, of using something that alternative mm-hmm. to fossil fuels for producing this. Uh, biofuels, I think maybe that we will not, it's a little bit of a waste using algae for, for biofuels, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think. Because there's so much other valuable things that you could produce from, from the algae. But if I have to g- comment a little bit, algae farming is already stimulating also high tech development. Here at KTH, mm. we have just got a new project here where we are developing autonomous underwater vehicles. And one application of these autonomous underwater vehicles is to create a little uh, robot that could inspect algae farms in the open ocean (laughs) in the future and now there is a whole robot team here at kth working to develop this so you could see how you have like circles in the water by just this new industry developing
0: yeah it's really an exciting development and i think that really shows how you say uh, green goes together with with uh, everything else that is perceived with high-tech in such a beautiful way. I would like to comment on this on fuels because I also get this question a lot and I think it's kind of sad that the first question everyone else is oh where are the fuels and I would say that why are we so focused on uh, having something which we burn to a large extent in order to drive our vehicles or whatever I mean there are so many more important things to do in this society and there are so many more important products that we need so let's not focus too much on burning stuff all the time because there are actually more clever ways to do things in a more circular way and and, uh, perhaps burning stuff for fuels it's not really really the smartest thing to do after all (laughs) anyway
2: to an episode of KTH Tech Talks, a podcast from KTH Royal Institute of Technology, Sweden. In this episode we have met Fredrik Grøndahl, researcher at KTH, who is the project leader of the algae research project Seafarm, and Fredrika Guldfot, founder of the algae farming company Simris Alj, talking about cultivating algae and what algae could be used for. The music in the beginning and at the end of the show was Modulation of the Spirit with Little glassmen. My name is Håkan Sold, and I work at the Communications Department at KTH. For more information on KTH and KTH Tech Talks, please visit www.kth.se. Thank you for listening.